So when I read things that people are saying about how she stole him away and that they should be grateful for what they had, if he was not happy with that life, if he was not happy in that position, if he did not want that life for himself, why is it her fault? This is not just another housewife podcast. Celebrity gossip. Consuming my brain. You cannot tell me that for the last two years, all of these dates have not been blocked off with NFL stadiums. It is all happening. I'm Brett, and this is the Oops I Gossiped Again podcast. Hello, hello, friends. It is the week of Christmas. I have never felt so laissez-faire about it all in my entire adult life. I am recording this on Monday before Christmas, and I still have 75% of my gifts that I need to purchase. I host a Christmas Eve for my siblings and their children, and I also host a Christmas brunch on Christmas morning, so I have not planned my menu for either event. I have not even begun to clean my home. Considering I'm not done shopping, I obviously haven't started wrapping. I have no Christmas spirit this year and I don't understand why. I'm almost feeling like, wake me up when it's over. Just let me, let me go to sleep. Let me take a long nap and wake me up when it's over. I know it's not about the gifts and it's not about all this, but there are just, there are some things that we have to do, right? And I cannot get myself to that point. It just seems so hands off. I want nothing to do with it. Even the decorations and the lights aren't bringing me all kinds of that Christmas joy this year. And I, I don't know why. Anyone else feeling like this? is? It, I hope it's not just me. I hope I'm not just turning into a Grinch. The fact that Christmas is just a few days away is slightly terrifying. <laughs> It should be enough to get me to want to do something, but uh, it's not. So I'm just going to, you know, embrace that I work well under pressure field and hope I get it all done. I hope that you are not in the position that I'm in. You know, as much as I don't want to feel alone in feeling this way, I hope, and I, because I do not wish this feeling and stress that's going to happen to me over the next few days upon anyone, but It is Christmas week and here we are. So I'm hoping that I will have time to do a second episode this week because I do like the idea of having two episodes a week, especially because on this one, we are really just focusing on the Harry and Meghan documentary. I'm hoping how it will work out is that I will get this one recorded, edited up for you tomorrow, which would be, well, when you're listening to this, it's Tuesday. And then I will hopefully have another one up either Thursday or Friday. I'm still not really sure on what my schedule is going to be. I like recording on Mondays, so I like releasing one on Tuesday. So maybe it'll be a Tuesday, Friday thing and kind of do a last little one before the weekend. But we'll see. We'll see how it all kind of plays out. So this episode is about the Harry and Meghan docuseries. A lot of what we talk about today and what was shown on the docuseries was centered around the British tabloids. Now, interestingly enough, 
I had a little bit of breaking news that happened this morning when I woke up. And I, I don't know, I guess if we want to say it's breaking news, great. For me, for something that after I was so invested in the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial, it is because I have not spoken or even thought about this woman in months. This morning, Amber Heard put out a statement on her Instagram that she is officially settling, and I'm kind of using air quotes, she's settling her defamation suit with Johnny Depp. What this means essentially is that she is no longer appealing the order. She is no longer appealing the verdict. After months and months and months of this, we're getting to a point where this is finally over. And in her statement, she referenced that she knows that if the appeal was granted, then it would go through another trial and she doesn't want to have to go through the media scrutiny again. But what gets me about this, other than the fact that, in my opinion, this woman does nothing but lie, she again referenced the UK trial. Prior to the defamation suit here in the States, there was a trial against Johnny Depp and the tabloids in the UK. In that trial, she was not a party to the case. It was not a criminal case. This was a defamation case just like it was here, except rather than suing her, he was suing the British tabloids. And what we found out around that time is that the British tabloid, the, the judge that oversaw the case had connections to one of the editors in the tabloids. It was just, it was all very questionable the way that it was handled. Amber Heard has continuously used the idea that she, quote, won that case. And she did it again in today's statement of saying that she was going to settle it. And she again made the comment of, you know, I know that I justly won in the UK and it's sad that it didn't happen here. She did not win anything in the UK. She was not a party in the UK. She was a witness. As we are seeing with this Harry and Meghan docuseries, this British tab, these British tabloids cannot be trusted. <laughs> They do not follow the same moral ethics, and we're going to get into this deeper, but they are not following the same code of ethics and morals that we see in tabloids here in the United States. What this means for Amber moving forward, I believe her insurance company is going to pay a certain portion, and I, I can't remember what the exact numbers are, but I believe her insurance company was going to pay a certain portion of what it is that she owes Johnny. And after that, I have a feeling she'll probably, he'll probably never see that money. He'll probably never see that money from her. But again, I don't honestly feel it was ever about the money. And at least now this whole thing can just be over. But I wish that at some point, she would take some sort of responsibility for her actions. She used the term, my growing supporters. It just, it it's all very icky. And I'm just, I hope that this is the last time that we have to deal with Amber Heard. And she can just go off in her own little space and, you know, believe that she won a case in the UK. I just found it was very interesting that 
the day that I'm planning and prepping to talk about the British tabloids being such a big part of this docuseries that, you know, here we get this, once again, this statement from Amber Heard saying, I won in the UK and it's just, it was never true. And I don't let her live, I guess, in her own little bubble of what she thinks, but it's this ongoing narrative that she won a case that she wasn't even a party to and that, you know, it was proven that he was a, quote, abuser. So she's done. Now we can move on. All right, enough of Amber. Let's get into the Harry and Meghan docuseries. This was a six-part mini documentary on Netflix that Harry and Meghan really wanted to use as a way to get their story out. They did it behind the scenes a little bit. They had been recording different pieces, kind of like vlogging almost, of things from the time when they started their transition out of the institution. It's getting a lot of mixed reviews. I asked on both Instagram and TikTok before I watched the series, or maybe I was about an episode in, but I asked for feedback on what people thought of the documentary, what people thought of her or him separately as people, and it was all just very divided. A lot of comments came in that Megan is a narcissist, that Megan only worries about herself, that she drug him into this exit from his family, a lot of personal attacks on Megan. There were some that were just straight up, I don't like her. And everyone is entitled to their own opinion. So let's just, let's start with the preface there. I have watched from all angles. I have read all the messages. And by no means am I going to question anyone's feelings or opinion on her or them or the documentary. I simply want to be able to share my thoughts on it and how I viewed it. Prior to watching the documentary, I, I, when I say that I follow the royal family, I am not a diehard follower of the royal family. I watch the weddings. I watch the, you know, I will maybe watch the coronation. I watch the funeral proceedings. The big events like this, I pay attention to. And I also watch what happens around social media. And I also watch what happens in the media, like, the tabloid media, because there's a very big difference between what's going on on social media as to what happens in paper or online article journalist media. There, there's a difference. But what we actually saw as well is that there were connections between social media and those journalists as well. That's where things kind of start to get blurry and start to get a bit messy. What I think we all can agree as to be true in this documentary, these tabloids in all spaces are doing too much. These tabloids are focusing solely on the money that they make, the clicks that they can receive. What I view as a difference between the UK and the United States, there's a lower level of ethical responsibility in the UK stories. I am not an expert. If you are listening to this from the UK, please understand that I am not an expert in anything UK. <laughs> please know that, uh, legally anything of that nature. This is my perspective. I read a lot of tabloids. 
I could consider myself a commentator of tabloids, tabloid stories, rumors, gossip. That's what we're doing here. But it is never so malicious that it is tearing someone, quite frankly, apart. I just see a different code of ethics, a different moral standard for things that are printed across the pond than things that are printed here. I feel like that is the one thing that we can all probably agree on, no matter how you feel about Harry and Meghan. The tabloids had gone too far on too many occasions. And it's not just things that were printed in the past. Even this weekend, we had what leaked from Jeremy Clarkson, who is a columnist in the UK, and said, Megan, though, is a different story. I hate her. I hate her on a cellular level. At night, I am unable to sleep as I lie there grinding my teeth and dreaming of the day when she is made to parade naked through the streets of every town in Britain while the crowds chant shame and throw lumps of excrement at her. And then today breaks the silent on Twitter saying, oh dear, I've rather put my foot in it. In a column I wrote about Megan, I made a clumsy reference to a scene in Game of Thrones and this has gone down badly. I'm horrified to have caused so much hurt. I shall be more careful in the future. That's not even an apology. That is not even an apology. This man, by the way, was also um, photographed with Pierce Morgan invited to a holiday party with Camilla. While we are watching in real time a person be torn down and talked about being strewn through the roads naked and have shit thrown at her, Camilla is dining and celebrating with this man. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Let's start from the very beginning. I have a general observation. And this was somewhat of a theory that I felt I had before watching it. And after I got some feedback from followers, as well as watching it, this, this is the assumption that I'm making on this theory. Those that are avid followers that have sincere, deep adoration for the royal family have a much different view on Harry and Meghan. Maybe not even Harry so much, but Meghan. Remember, this is a general observation, but I also feel that those people have a harder time watching it with an open mind, knowing the story, understanding the story with an open mind. And I think what we also forget too is that the this is what this is. It's a story. It's a story that they are telling in their own words. It's not factual information laid out. This is a story and you and I as the viewers have the ability to make an assumption to believe their story or not. But I do feel that there is a correlation between those that have an adoration for the royal family and the way that they perceive Megan. I also feel that people ask all the time, they want these inside stories. They want to know what happens behind the scenes when it comes to the royal family. That's why we watch The Crown. We're watching The Crown for a story played out. The Crown is a fictional story based off of historical events. We are just, like Megan said in the docu-series, 
it is not about changing a story or anything like that. It is filling in the gaps. It's not allowing someone else to do that. That's what the crown does. The crown makes those little inside conversations that we have no idea ever took place. Maybe they have. Maybe their insiders are that good. But when we want and we ask collectively as an inside look of what happens inside of the institution or the system, an opportunity where maybe we got that. Maybe we got the truth of what is happening and what these connections are like between the tabloids and the institution. Maybe Harry and Meghan just told us everything. But because there are some people that are so deeply rooted and involved with the royal family, they don't want to believe any of it. And that's fine. Again, it is their story. It is the story to tell. And as an observer, as a viewer, it is our opportunity to believe it or not. I will say that I did not know anything about Meghan Markle. I'd never watched Suits. I didn't know anything about her until she. it came out that she was dating Harry. So let's talk about Harry himself for a minute. I firmly believe, not just by watching this documentary, but the fact that I had followed Harry a bit prior to all of this, in my opinion, I feel this man wanted out for a very long time. Remember back when he was partying in Vegas and doing all the things and he was like the wild child and people were talking about how he was going to be scolded by the family and he was breaking out of his shell, but also he was going against protocol in so many areas. In uh, The way that I see that is a person that was yelling to say, hey, I need to get out of this. I need a break. I can't be involved in this. Then he goes off to the military, which... Yes, his brother did as well. However, the his brother did not do any active combat. And Harry did, I think he said, what, 10 years and two active duty tours? This was a man that wanted something different than what he was born into. And as the, quote, spare child, spare in succession, he didn't have the same requirements as his brother, and he doesn't have the same requirements as his father. I don't think he wanted to be there. I think he wanted to be on his own and do his own thing. At the end of the docuseries, he makes a statement that says, I get to do things with our kids that I never would have been able to do in the UK. He knew his entire life that the things that he wanted, the things that he wanted to do, the things he wanted to create, the freedom he wanted to have was never going to happen. So when I read things that people are saying about how she stole him away and that they should be grateful for what they had, if he was not happy with that life, if he was not happy in that position, if he did not want that life for himself... Why is it her fault? Why is he ungrateful for wanting to leave that? He didn't ask for that. He did not ask to wake up and be Prince Harry or the Duke of Sussex. He was born into that family. 
And if he wanted to modernize, if he wanted to be something more, do something more, get out of that institution, or rather do it in a different way, they were not going to allow him to do that. I do think it's possible had Queen Elizabeth not lived and reigned as long as she had, that there could have been an opportunity for Charles to modernize their roles a bit more. But by the time Harry was an adult, I feel like his mind was made up and he was just done. And his brother starts having kids and he sees how further along the line he is going to be down succession. I'm the brother that's here and has to follow all the rules, but this is not what I want. And I just don't feel like he should be characterized in a way as ungrateful or anything like that, or that she had played a major part in that when I just, I feel like he wanted this type of life the entire time. Before they met, she was established. She had her own life. She had a career. She had money. She had a Hollywood presence. And whether or not she tried to insert herself to make her seen by him, if she did, she knew what she wanted and she went for it. Why are women continuously looked down on and talked down on because they go after what they want? Based on their story, he went after her. He saw her. He wanted to get to know her. He wanted to meet her. But it's her fault, right? It's, quote, her fault. I'm going to dive into some of the things about the docuseries actually in general and and kind of break them down a little bit. But one thing that annoyed me about the whole thing, but I kind of started to understand at a certain point, was the how they call each other H&M. And I know that's been talked a lot about. But it dawned on me when I saw early in the docuseries, they were showing screenshots of text messages when they were living apart, when they were going um, long distance early in their relationship. And it was like M to London, flight booked, you know, H to London, etc. I feel like those were text messages at the very beginning while they were trying to keep it private, while they were trying to go under the radar And in case anybody saw their text messages, maybe they wouldn't know who they were talking about and sort of flourished into these little pet names for one another. And I think that kind of answers a lot of what their love story together is because annoying, they're coddling over one another constantly, right? They are just canoodling at all times, but it really is just this love story between two people. And again, you can believe them or, or you don't have to, or you can be annoyed by the overabundance of affection and the way that they talk to each other and the pet names that they use for one another. But again, it just kind of really solidifies like this was their love story from the very beginning. And if in fact that is why they call each other H&M, I think it's cute. I think it means something different because it's coming from a place That meant so much to them in that time. Another piece of the documentary that is getting a lot of grief, consistent connections to Diana. When I read some of the reviews, people are feeling as though she should not be compared to Diana. She is nothing like Diana. 
I don't know why he keeps bringing up Diana. You know, this is his mother. And I think we forget, and he said it in the very beginning of the documentary, the day they went and walked behind and did the walk around and walked behind the carriage for his mother's funeral, he had two jobs that day. And this is a child, right? Like, let that part sink in. This is a child who had two jobs, And one part to play in that job was a child who just lost his mother. And the other job was the royal family, the institution, the one that had to walk around, shake hands, take condolences from people, smile, and not show emotion. This is a child. And in that moment, you know, he he mentions before, like, he doesn't really remember a whole lot of things about his mom, and that's heartbreaking in itself. But he also said he he didn't, it took him longer to realize that people were always following them. And he really remembered that ski trip where Diana went off, and it was all on camera, and it was blasted out to the tabloids, and we've all seen the video for many, many years. Those were the moments where he started to realize, my life is never going to be like anything else. So as a child who has lost his mother, he is now told, don't show emotion. Smile for the people. Be a show pony for the people. Your emotions don't matter. This was a child. And so when he goes back and connects things to his mother... He doesn't have those memories of his mother. He is trying to save himself and his family from having to go through that. I asked on Instagram, actually, in response to someone, you know, saying how much they hated her and how much she makes it all about herself. And I thought, here's an honest question that I have. In the documentary, we see that she was loved. She was cherished by many people. I'm talking about Megan. Megan in the beginning was just adored and loved and cherished. And then they went on their Australian trip. And then the tabloids were putting her on the cover. And she was loved and cherished until she wasn't. And if you remember, there was also another woman that went on an Australian tour. Her name was Diana. She went on an Australian tour, was loved, was cherished, was put all over the tabloids, was put all over the headlines. All of a sudden, she was no longer loved. Not by the people, not by the people. The people still loved her. But it was then that things got a little questionable. Things got a little miffy in in the institution inside. So when things for Megan get a little too heavy, they get a little bit too focused on Harry and Megan because people are loving them. Then all of a sudden, here come the flip in the tabloids. And this is another part that I see. Megan was jealous of Kate. That Megan hated Kate so much because Kate was better for the royal family, that she was classier, that she was more elegant. In my opinion, I feel like class is... It's a perception. It is a perception. And what you view as class is not going to be the same thing as I view as class. What someone in the UK views as class is not going to be the something similar to someone in the United States as class. It is a perception. So for people to say that Megan lacks class or she's not as classy as Kate or she hated Kate because Kate got all the attention, I just, I don't see that. I don't see that 
because I feel like it was more about Harry and William than it was ever about Meghan and Kate. Meghan and Harry got married knowing they were never going to be on the throne, knowing that they were never going to be the, quote, chosen ones. They got married knowing that William and Kate are going to be the king and queen of England. So why would she be jealous of her? They are an entirely different situation. And what I think the reason is that it's more about Harry and William than it is about Meghan and Kate, and we could really, I feel like I could see it when he gets that text message from William, and we don't know what that text says. We have no idea. The way that he reacts, I have a feeling it couldn't have been good, but I feel like he wants so desperately to have his family without the baggage of what the institution brings, but he knows in his heart that William is like his father and that William is like his grandmother and that they are going to protect the institution above all. Even saying the institution just makes me feel gross. I don't like it. I know that that's what they call it. They call it the system. They call it the institution. I don't like it. Even just that word gives me the ick. That's just a little added opinion, a little added bonus. He knows he wants his brother. He wants his brother to be that protection. He wants to be what he thought he and his brother were going to be growing up. But now he sees he doesn't want to be a part of the institution and his brother will always protect that. And when he got that text and he shows Megan, she gets off the phone and then they jump to something else. And it almost seems like they're in this little argument. And I think that she, you know, he says, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And she's just like, listen, it's your brother. Like you, and she kind of walks away, but I'm getting the vibe that she wants to say, fuck him, fuck them, let them, you know, there's probably a lot that she wanted to say in that moment, but she doesn't. She simply says, it's your brother. You have to do what you feel is right. And because they now know that they are never going to get the support and the protection that they are desiring, that they are seeking, that they are looking for from William. William especially, not even so much Charles. I feel like he probably already knows, like the lines are cut with Charles. He feels like his brother is the only line that he has left to his mom, and he now knows that that is, that's gone. And we have the documentary that pushes the tabloids, you know, that what they say, if you believe Megan and Harry's story, it is very clear to see that there was someone there, the person that worked for both Harry and William and Kate and Megan. And their loyalty is always also going to lie with the institution because that is their paycheck. So if you believe them, there is no other assumption to make than after that Australian tour, something from in-house was sent to the tabloids. There have been, and this was even way before the documentary and I noticed this, oh, look at Kate holding her belly when she was pregnant and it's so sweet. And side by side, there's an article of why does Megan touch her belly so much? So why are there two women that have to be pitted against one another to make it look like they hate one another? 
Why is one woman just a wonderful mother for protecting her baby and holding her stomach and the other one is disgusting and annoying and needs to get out? It's because something inside knew that the likeness was shifting. And again, this is all if you believe any single piece of their story, it's not hard to see. Like if you can take off the rose-colored royal family glasses for one second and try to think of it in a way that makes sense for the media to push the narrative that they want, it is clear to see that they are telling the truth. That those things from inside the institution were planted to shift stories. Remember, we also have Prince Andrew, who threw out all of this, you know, from the beginning of Harry and Meghan getting together, has been accused of being majorly involved in a pedophilia ring. (laughs) And I'm not laughing at that. I'm just, I'm like, I'm laughing at the irony that we can say that these two are such liars and she is such a narcissist and she is emotionally manipulative. But what about the other side? the side that isn't being talked about enough, the side that has done horrible, horrible, horrible things, allegedly. Where's the anger for that? Where's the uproar? Where's the uproar for the institution covering that part up? Is that just acceptable as well? I just don't think it's that hard to believe. And people will say, well, it's because they did the documentary and look at they're just selling their story. Absolutely. They were cut off financially. They were cut off financially. They need money. Who cares? This this documentary comes out and then all of a sudden there's a British tabloid that says they're requiring that they get an apology from the royal family. No, they aren't. They said in the documentary, Harry himself said, I know that I'm never going to get it and I'm fine with it. You don't think it's suspicious that an article like that comes out? They didn't do an interview. They didn't say that. But it's out there in the tabloids trying to take the heat off of whatever discussion may be happening like this one. I purposely had written down that statement of, I get to do things with our kids that I never would have been able to do in the UK because that's just how I truly feel. I am a child of an extreme narcissistic person and I have suffered narcissistic abuse at the very highest. And in my experience, there is nothing about her Someone even said that she is a grandiose narcissist in my comments. And just watching that, there is nothing about her and what she did and or what she said that would make me believe that she's anything like that person that abused me for so many years. I honestly think that what we're getting is a truth teller in Harry, but he's still so afraid to be that truth teller. And Megan is supporting him in that because she has more freedom to speak on things like that. I mean, we have this man who is going against everything he's ever known in his life. Protocol, family, life, everything. And I don't feel that she is manipulating him into doing so. I feel that she is there to support him in that. She is being a voice that he does not know how to be. And that 
is being a supportive wife. That is providing him with the life that he had always wanted, that he says he wants, that he wants to build. They want more privacy, but they go and do these documentaries. Seems a bit, you know, counterintuitive. But also what they want is they wanted the privacy away from that personal attack day after day. And it goes back to the understanding that I have that there's just not a same moral ethical code when it comes to these UK tabloids. They're very different. Does that mean that they're going to get absolute perfection here in the United States? No. They're still going to have people that hate them. They're still going to have people that love them. They're still going to have people that support them. But I just don't see how we can sit here and say that it's all her, that it's all her fault. If you cannot see through the lens of what he truly wants and what he truly felt, I think for many, many, many years, I would encourage you to watch it again. And I have never, again, never swayed or felt one way or another about the royal family. I've never been obsessed with it. I've never thought they were, you know, do personally believe that they were not completely innocent in a lot of things specifically the loss of Diana, its beliefs, its conspiracies. But what I see from that documentary are two people that love each other, that are trying to stand on their own two feet, that are trying to stop these tabloid stories from harming more people and create a life with their family what Harry had always dreamt of. And if you don't like it, then don't watch them. I mean, it's that simple. Like I don't go and watch a a series that I just sit there and grind my teeth at watching the whole time. That's silly. If you don't like them, don't pay attention to them. But I just wanted to share my opinions and I hope that uh, we can have positive conversations about it. I hope that it doesn't become an absolute free-for-all because that is not my intention here. My intention is to open dialogue on how I side, to share my opinion, to share my thoughts. And while I don't usually do episodes that are all on one topic, I felt that there was a lot that needed to be talked about in one topic and that was on the Harry and Meghan docuseries. If you have thoughts, questions, opinions, you can send them to me on TikTok in the comment section, or you can send me a DM on Instagram. Please, if you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot, share it on your stories, leave a review, follow the show, all the things. And I hope that your Christmas week is not as laissez-faire as mine and that you have yours together because I will have another episode for you later in the week that you can enjoy while you're finishing up your prep. Thank you for listening to me babble about Harry and Megan for the last however long it's been and I'll talk to you in the next episode.